Hey everyone, welcome back to Three Men and Their Babies. Three dads, three very different scenarios. Benny, Adam, here as always. Hey boys, how you doing? Yeah, all good mate, all good. How about you? What's happening buddy? I actually come out of the gate with some hot music news this week as Georgia has brought a trumpet home with her. Yes, I've seen. She's uh, (laughs) turning into a a hot jazz playing uh, child. As in the As we... the jazz is hot, not the child. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, what, what a start to the podcast! God damn. Yeah, what a start. Your secrets <laughs> well, out, Adam. Special guest Jimmy Savile to the podcast. Those girls at the play park were right all along. <laughs> <laughs> it's only taken us forty three episodes to uncover Adam's yeah. dirty secret, but we got them in the end. This whole thing was actually a scam by the poli- we're actually police officers, Adam. So okay, we'll send okay. the guys around shortly. <laughs> That's a very I feel that that's a honey trap, sending me videos <laughs> of your child. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so loads of things off the back of this, George, my daughter having a trumpet in the house. She is obsessed with playing it, which is a good thing. Yeah. But as you can imagine, it's a fucking trumpet in the house. So it took Sarah, I think about... 79 seconds before she went oh my god like that (laughs) so we're already having to kind of lay down a couple of ground rules you can't there's certain times you can't play after if you want to play for a really long period of time you need to go into your room george because it's so loud because obviously it's a you know there's kind of no buffering either side of the house or anything because we live in a detached house so there's nothing to kind of absorb the music it just rattles around the house (laughs) like crazy and George has got this just absolutely amazing habit where if she's doing it in the living room, she'll say, ready? And I'll say, George, yes, I'm ready. I don't have to listen or pay attention. Yeah. I can hear you. I could hear you from down the street. You don't have to say ready every time you start to play it. So it's good, though. At, start, at the moment, they're just basically learning. Just get used to your instruments. You know, have a play. Get used to actually making a sound with them. Yeah. And she can do that. She's doing that quite well. So I'm hoping the the only actual discernible skill I would like her to get, now I've thought about it, is it'd be really cool if she could read music. That's I think that's a really cool skill to have because I think it's one of those things that you can't just pick it up. If if you can read music, people seem to think, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, that, wow, that's actually pretty impressive. Mm. And it in the grand scheme of things, it isn't. You're just looking at patterns on a page. It's no different to learning to read words again. It's not crazily difficult. Yeah. But so many people can't do it that when you meet somebody who can do it, you always think, oh, well, that's pretty cool. But yeah, yeah. there is now a, a trumpet loose about this hoose. What actually is the origin of the trumpet? Is it some sort of school project? No, the, the origin of the trumpet goes back hundreds of years, Benny. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. sorry. Yeah. I assume it was invented in China because most things were. The trumpet. <laughs> no, definitely not. Maybe the Chinese Louis Armstrong. I don't know who that is, but yeah, probably. Yeah. No, basically at the. I was start... going to make up a name, but that had probably been. <laughs> I was going to say. Going. I, yeah, I, I was going to say. Kept my mouth shut then, because <laughs> yeah. the we all. I wanted to, but I stopped myself. Yeah, we all knew very quickly not to say anything after that. The <laughs> the at the start of year five at George's. I don't know if they do this across the country or not. I don't know. Adam couldn't obviously chime in with his kids, but at the start of year five at Georgia School you basically get given uh, an instrument to choose from. There's nothing cool like a guitar or drums or keyboard. So it's all either trumpets, clarinets, flutes, all that kind of thing. And then you have it then basically for two years. So you kind of get a, a really good understanding of music and playing an instrument, which I think is a great thing, trumpet or not. Like I said, if you can learn to read music off that, I think that's a really cool thing. But Mm. Did your kids get anything like that, Adam, or not? Daniel had the ukulele, which he was really good at. <laughs> nice. And of course he did. This oh, is a guy who goes scuba diving. Exactly. Of course he did. <laughs> exactly. Well, he's got to keep up that like middle class, like George Formby era <laughs> goodness. Uh, and uh, Sophie had the violin, of course. Oh, of course, yeah, because we discussed my violin playing. Yeah. Didn't we? Very classic. Uh, I don't Very know what classical. Daisy would go for when, when she gets old enough. I don't think she's that way inclined, personally. Which I'm sure will be very disappointing to her mum, who is a piano player. Uh, not professionally, obviously. Uh, but has a piano in her house. That level of piano player. Uh, so wow. she'll probably get pushed towards that. I should hope so, because it'd be the cheapest option for her. 
But uh, yeah, yeah it does seem to be that thing where the kids get pushed towards an instrument in, in those later periods. I've been to many, many concerts, uh, like primary school concerts, where I've had to sit through children I don't know playing instruments I don't care about extraordinarily <laughs> badly. Uh, one of the best instruments that they play is something called the P-Bone. I don't know if you've come across this yet, Dan. I have uh, not. It's the it's a plastic trombone. So it's a way for kids to start oh, wow. on like brass instruments uh or but like on a, a lower level, like a beginner's level, like playing a recorder instead of playing a flute. And it basically sounds like someone farting constantly. And when you are <laughs> extremely bored at one of these concerts, it's the the brightest source of amusement throughout the whole thing. It's it's the talk of the town when you've got a lot of parents sniggering <laughs> quietly and trying not to burst out laughing because three children are doing their damnedest to make fart noises come from a plastic trombone. <laughs> it's highly recommended. I mean, you would, wouldn't you? Let's be honest. If you got something that makes fart noises, you'd want to be doing it constantly. Exactly. Yeah, for exactly. Sure. Benny, would you have a, would you have a preference of any kind of instrument like that for the Freya? Hmm. Honestly, like uh, if she can pick up the saxophone and then her and Georgia can be in a band together. Saxophone. I always find the saxophone cool. to be a cooler version of the trumpet. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. Although she did, Georgia tonight, I I think stumbled into a couple of into a couple of actual notes, and <laughs> I kind of said, so, "Oh." That actually sounded quite that, good. That is how music is made. Yeah, 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 that's true. Like Mozart wasn't trying when he wrote all his symphonies and everything. He just like <laughs> pressed a bunch of keys and suddenly like a couple sounded. Oh, we all know he other. put demo mode on. <laughs> yeah, that's true. exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's why they they've edited out of history the few uh, symphonies he got where it had the DJ button in. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought he was carrying loads of equipment and then he fell down the stairs. And it just all <laughs> kind of happened that way. It just all splurged together. But yeah. So yeah, Sarah's not very good with sort of random noises. At Sound. Yeah, basically. <laughs> if if Sarah's watching TV and then George is watching something on her iPad, Sarah hates those two overlapping different mm. sounds. She mm. can't deal with it at the same time. She really hates it. So... I think most of Georgia's trumpet playing will be based around Sarah not being here, which is, which is, <laughs> is not the worst thing. Is this where we find out like Sarah's slightly on the spectrum at all? Like she gets that sensory overload. She's very particular about food. So mm -hmm. if there is a risk of like food being made by a child, she will steer clear of it. <laughs> she. <laughs> That might be possible. Yeah. Do you know, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> Knowing my wife the way I do, it wouldn't surprise me if she was very slightly kind of on the spectrum because she is like that. Mm. She's very particular about certain things and she can't handle kind of random change or random events just happening. Let's go and do this thing now quickly. And she'll be like, oh, no, I, we haven't planned for it. Or, oh, what do you mean? And if, if one of George's friends has come around for a, a play date or a sleepover or something, She'll get kind of antsy in the days leading up to it about it, being, oh, oh, oh I'm, I'm not sure what to do, or have you got enough food, or is this going to be okay, or... Yeah. So, yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me, the no for the noise thing especially. I can I, believe it. I think you need to secretly get her tested. <laughs> God, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's, like, a questionnaire tested. or something that you can fill out, and you could say it's like a BuzzFeed <laughs> questionnaire. <laughs> like, what type... Like, like an old magazine what questionnaire. What personality type do you have? Is actually how far on the spectrum are you? I'll just slip a questionnaire into. If her. you are, if you answer mostly B, yeah. you're on the spectrum. Yeah, I'll just slip a a questionnaire into a copy of her woman's own. Yeah, and she might not. <laughs> she might not. Know. I'll just tell her it's a Facebook quiz. She loves doing exactly. Facebook quizzes. Exactly. She fucking does them mm. all the time. Like you know, what yeah. kind of hey, cheese Sarah, are you? What this this quiz? It isn't to detect how autistic you are. It's actually to determine what friend you are. Are you yeah. are you a Ross? Maybe you're a Monica. Let's find out. Now, do you like sensory overload or not? <laughs> yeah. Do you like lots of random noises at the same time? Yeah. No. Well, there you are then. Oh, I okay. guess that solves that problem. How, how many fidget spinners would you like? 
lots, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And, and yeah. We would come across slightly insensitive then. When I say we, I, I mean me. And I don't mean to be <laughs> at all, at all. I know it's a joke. Okay. Uh, that what you were saying, though, <laughs> about uh, the musical instrument, it, it's something I was thinking about earlier after talking to my kids, uh, my elder kids, and all the stuff they have to like carry around school with them. Because they, they haven't carried on the instrument in secondary school because they've got so much other stuff on, like scuba diving or being in the planetarium. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so they were talking about how they don't really get breaks at school. Like we used to like get 15 minutes twice a day and then like half an hour, an hour lunch. Uh, they get like 10, 15 minutes, but they, because the campus is so big that they're on, the school is spread out over such a big piece of land. It actually takes them 15 minutes to sometimes walk to their next lesson. And so they're, they're like, we can't just carry more stuff around because that would slow us down. We have to leave stuff in lockers and what have you, as it is. We can't be carrying a violin or a trumpet or like a tuba around. Hmm. <laughs> We're on the move constantly. And I, it got me thinking, like, when I was at school, I actually, I was given money by my mum once to choose my school bag for the year. And I went down to the market because that's where all the cool kids buy their backpacks for the year. <laughs> it's off a market stall. And I chose what is essentially a piece of luggage. <laughs> it was the biggest, like, hold-all that you can imagine a 13, 14-year-old boy carrying. Because my thought was, God, some, some days I have, like, three bags to carry. But if I have a massive bag, then I've only got one bag to carry. That's going to be more convenient. So I spent like 20, 30 quid on this giant old doll. It lasted the year, but oh my God, very cumbersome. Do you guys remember like loads of stuff that you had to take around school? Or did you have to, again, carry like a piece of luggage around school at all? <laughs> Go on, Benny. I, I, to be fair, like all I took managed to school was I had a I had a bag big enough for a Mizuno backpack, which I had pretty much through all out my four, um however many years of school, like twelve years of school. But then the other thing was like on the days where you had PE, I used to take a um like a boot bag, like one like a bag that you put football yeah. boots in, for lack of a better description, and. I'd go through at least three of them a year because it'd inevitably get left somewhere <laughs> and I'd forget about it. And I had to get a new PE kit and new trainers. So uh, if mum's listening to this, I'm so sorry that I cost you so much money yeah. on PE kit. Yeah, Mrs. Mrs. Benny's mum, if you'd have just laid out the investment for a giant piece of luggage mm. in the first place, you'd have... Like a SAS um, Bergen. Yeah, <laughs> or something with wheels. <laughs> Something with like a handle on the end that you can drag along. I thought you were going to. I thought you were going to say you had like basically a carry-on for a plane in it and wheels on it. That's what I thought you were going to say. You said like a piece of luggage, and I was like, "Shit, he's a genius." This is before they were invented. So I could could get like a suitcase. Unfortunately, I would kill to have one of those. Like now, going down to the shops, like a little suitcase on wheels. You wouldn't need. They have those for old people. They're square. They, they do have. Oh some no! This, this would be this would be just like a suitcase type of thing. I do see oh, a okay. lot of people, or used to, when I actually worked in an office instead of home. When I went through town, I'd see lots of like university students with those, or like people going commuting to a job in London, for example. They would have those because they would be traveling yeah, all sense. the way to to their job, like hours away and back again. Yeah, it's such a good idea. There were some days it's... You couldn't have got away with that in my school because um, the floors were so uneven and barely floors that it, the suitcase would be bouncing around all over the yeah. place. And the stuff would inevitably fly out everywhere. Because I, I can't remember if I mentioned my high school was built on a swamp so that it was not level at all. And, and the walls were made out of cardboard. That bit I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah, some days were worse than others, weren't they? I, I, th- I remember oh, one of the days yeah. at school we had something like design technology and we had maths and we had PE. So basically, on some on some some years in DT, we had to basically make some like a small toy or something like that. So we had to bring that with us, 
And then we add basically our maths folder and our maths textbook. Of course, you'd like I, I had packed lunches, so I've got my lunchbox in there as well. And then all my PE kit. So I bought my boots. We had a, we had rugby tops that we played. That was like our um, yeah we did rugby too. tops. And just it was like mm. a, a basically one size fits all. Does everything playing hockey, yeah. <laughs> working cross country. Don't matter. Wear your rugby top. Yeah. Obviously boots, shin pads if you're playing footy. And some yeah some days it was fucking ridiculous. And I used to walk. It was like a I think like a mile walk to school. Yeah. And so I didn't get lift. I didn't even get lifting or anything. So. Some days were definitely worse worse than others, and I can see what you're saying about that as well. For if your kids go to high school, like, wham, you know, great, I've got the fucking tuba to carry with me, as well as all the regular stuff. Well, this is where I it came from. Of, go, go on, go on. I was, I was just going to say, I had, I had visions of when you said about Daniel, and he's like, fucking hell, he's got to like walk to school in his scuba gear when he's got his scuba legs. Exactly. In. Yeah, he's walking <laughs> in his flippers. He's got a wetsuit yeah. under his school uniform. <laughs> like a heist you yeah, exactly. get changed at a moment's notice <laughs> but yeah he, the reason I got it is because I had home ec and PE in one day so some days I had to take like a whole bag of cooking ingredients like a kilo oh, of flour awful. Fucking yeah. oh, okay. a whole PE kit uh, with oh. like rugby boots or football boots uh, and my normal like backpack with normal stuff in but that was just one day a year. Why didn't I just bite the bullet and just go, okay, I'll bring in two carrier bags, two like quick save bags with all the stuff in, <laughs> as well as my normal backpack. It only lasted a year though. I couldn't I couldn't handle being called backpack for the year. <laughs> it was my fucking nickname. <laughs> backpack. Backpack boys. Backpack. Back oh, <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> that's the worst thing though. It wasn't even a backpack. It was a hold all. <laughs> I was going to say it's a hold on. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, your name's inaccurate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why you're dumb and I'm smart. It's a it's a hold all, actually. Oh, yeah. I mean, that would have gone down really well. Exactly. Jesus Christ. That's the one, yeah. yeah. Fucking hell. You wouldn't have got beaten up at all if you said yeah. that. It's actually a hold all. Oh, God. <laughs> so, I have an update on something we discussed on the show, which oh. was. Ooh. When do we, when do you start to feel uncomfortable, basically, as a dad bathing your daughter? Okay. Relevant to all of us. Okay. Obviously, yes. we all have girls at different ages, but mine is at that age now where it's, I said, it's starting to get a little bit weird. Last week, mm. uh, George was in the bath and she shouted me in for something. So I was thinking, fucking hell, I was already kind of in the, okay, this is, I was thinking at that time, right, this is, okay, this has got to stop now. It is getting, she's nearly 10, getting a bit too much. And uh, my daughter has now entered into the early stages of the next part of her teenage life, shall we say. And uh, things are starting to appear. That's that's as far as I'll go. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah, that's it. That's it. And I literally had that chat with her tonight and said, and I said to her, because I I kind of thought this would be a, as I've said before, you know, we're kind of helping Benny through his uh, dadhood here with his daughter. Mm-hmm. But anyone else yeah. who's listening, uh, I just said to her, I said, Princess, I can run the bath for you, but don't get changed until I'm downstairs. Like, don't get out of your clothes. Obviously, you know, your knickers are fine and a T-shirt. That's fine. You can leave those on. But it's it's a bit weird now if I sort of see you naked. And she did. And like I said before, she didn't understand. She said, why? And I said, I can't explain it. I said, but yeah. I, I'm just, I feel a bit uneasy now because you're getting older that I shouldn't really see you without any clothes on. I said, so if you need anything or you need something ringing up or anything like that, just, you know, shout mummy or something. I said, if it's obviously, you know, if it's critical or a disaster is about to happen, yeah. shout me and I'll come running up. But yeah, oh, like man. I said, she just she doesn't, and I guess she's too young to get it. She just doesn't. But she's kind of very innocent in that way. She's just kind of, like I said before, yeah, it's it's my body. I don't care. Fucking whatever. So, yeah, that's yeah, it. We, that is it. It's that's breaking it. that innocence, the, uh, isn't it? And just saying, yeah, look. Mark, mark the date. Oh, man. Mm. That, that's a tough turning point in that, that girl's life. To suddenly point. go, oh, my God, my dad doesn't want to look at me in a particular circumstance anymore. And... Yeah. Yeah, from her point of view, that must be quite weird. That uh, why mm. why are we just not carrying on as normal now? 
what, what is the funny. Issue? She takes things. She takes things like that totally in her stride. Yeah. She is, as you guys know this, she's very wise beyond her years with things like that. She just, I don't know. She has this very kind of laissez-faire attitude. She's just, there was no kind of questions or why or, oh, or had a quick chat. She said, oh, how come? So I explained it as best as I could. And she just kind of went, oh, all right. And that was it. And yeah. just got on with a bath <laughs> and that was it. No, no big deal. I did ask Sarah to, I asked Sarah to have a chat with her about this sudden... To like reinforce the point. Th- well, no, no. This was on tu- this development from, what day was it? Tuesday. And I messaged Sarah and said, okay, uh, George has developed in a certain place and you need to talk to her about it. Because I could, but that's probably a job for a mummy because obviously you have the same mm. equipment and I don't yeah. think it's right. I mean, she can talk to me and you know she's happy to do that, but and I'm happy to talk to her about anything she wants to talk about. It's fine. But I just felt it would be better coming from Sarah. So I just said, you need to have a talk with her about something that's going on there. Yeah. And she said, oh, okay then. And I think she was a bit, a bit concerned. But then <laughs> Sarah went, Sarah then spoke to me when George went to bed and she said, oh, okay. Yeah. I see what you mean. That's happened really quickly. Yeah. I said, yeah, no, <laughs> there was, there was nothing there. And then there was lots there. And we were like, oh. Oh shit! Okay, so I think Sarah was a bit taken aback as well by the whole thing. But has she been taking your protein yeah. powder? Is that what's happening? I guess so. I guess so. All the uh, all the stash of roids I've got in the cupboard. Yeah. That. <laughs> but then I said to Sarah, I said, "So did you talk to George?" She said, "Yeah." Like I said, "Oh, you know, your body's changing," and George is like, "Yeah, no." And Sarah said, "Any questions? Or are you okay?" And George said, "No, I'm fine." I'm like, okay then, that's it then, I guess. And I think it's weird because I was, again, we're going to get very, very, um, what's the word, honest here. But I don't know about you boys, but I never spoke to my parents about sort of developing or puberty or anything like that. I spoke to my mates, but not not my parents. It was just like me and my mates would have a big laugh about it and that was it, but not my parents. No, I I talked to other children my age and above. So Mm -hmm. like I've, I've got distinct memories of talking to girls like my age, and uh, hang on. Oh, my power plug just came out of my computer. It's got very short battery life, so I had to bend down and plug it in. Uh, Yeah, I've got very distinct memory of like being like 10, 11, before then probably, and like talking to older kids who had gone through puberty about what it's like and like talking to lads about boners and girls about what happens when they get excited <laughs> sexually. And it's like, oh my God, this is all really weird. I'm going to have to go through this stuff. Uh, but no, never talk to my mum about that. That that would be yeah. very terrible. I can't imagine. I do remember. I'm not 100% sure, not 100% sure I talked to anyone about it. It was just, uh, I had my my robot science book and I used the information that I gleaned from that to figure course, out what was yeah. happening. You've both got dark hair as well, so you must have noticed it really early. <laughs> Which again, it's probably a similar situation is it just suddenly was there. Like one day it's not there and the next day, oh shit, yeah. it's there. Now what do we do? Don't remember a day That's without really it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. It, it's, it's always been there as far as I'm concerned. Even though I know yeah. actually physically it wasn't, to me it always has been. Because everything else down there is the same size and everything, like everyone else. <laughs> of course, yeah. Exactly. Which is yeah. the norm, so I've been told. <laughs> no, but seriously, it's it, it's a weird thing, isn't it? That, that transition, knowing that your kid's going through it, like... My eldest has been through it. My lad's going through it at the moment. We're just waiting for his voice to start breaking. Uh, and my That's youngest cool. daughter as well, she is on that same note. She's asking for privacy with certain things, like going to the loo and stuff like that. Like this evening, I was about to bath her, and she was getting undressed for the bath. And then she went, uh, privacy, please. I was like, what? And she, <laughs> she went, oh, I need to use the toilet. I'm like, Okay. So I left the room and then came back in. She's still starkers afterwards. So it's not like a nudity yeah. thing. It's just like, <laughs> I know, I, yeah. I'm, I'm having my ablutions. You should not be present. <laughs> <laughs> it's dirty. Yeah, it's exactly. Oh, man. 
man. See, Georgia still tells me she's going for a dump. She's <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going for a poo. I'm like, all right, okay, cool. That will never stop. I hope that it never, ever stops. It's true. I mean, yeah, me and Sarah still talk to each other about it. I guess that's why. I'm still yeah. like, oh, God, I'm going upstairs. I need to have a shit. It's like, all right, okay, cool. See you in a bit. <laughs> when, when, when she's in her 20s, when she's at university, she just gives you a call. Say, Dad, I'm now about to have a shit. Wish me luck. Just, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in halls. These toilets are filthy, but I'm going for it. Yeah, I'm just going for a dump. Just poo on the floor, George. It's probably clean. And it's yeah. <laughs> just go in the sink. Everyone else does. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. my God. That, that does it's remind weird. me of when I was in halls, and we had a sink in our room and shared toilets. So, obviously, being dirty teenage lads, we would sometimes, like, if, if we'd had a bit too much to drink, we would get up and we'd have a wee in the sink. And just rinse it away. Hell yeah. Of course. I lived that life. Uh, But what happened is one of uh, the guys in our flats, he woke up in the middle of the night drunk. But he was at home. This was during a home break. And he'd gone out with his brother (laughs) and he'd gotten drunk. And he was in what is now, or what was then a spare room because he'd moved out. And got up, walked over to where his sink would be. In his uni room, and just pissed in the floor. <laughs> <laughs> just pissed on his bedside yeah, table. basically. basically. <laughs> and I, I can't imagine anything worse <laughs> than just literally getting so bladdered that you're just pissing <laughs> in your own in your own house, just in the corner of your room. I've heard plenty of horror stories that- from men who've done that. That they like they've opened the front door and just pissed out the front door, thinking that's the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. I knew one lad. I knew one lad who they went out as a as a foursome one night. Him and his girlfriend, and his mate and her and his girlfriend. They had a spare room. They were stay so his friend and his girlfriend stayed over in the spare room. And this lad walked into their spare room and just pissed all over their bed while they were <laughs> sleeping. It <laughs> like what the fuck was going through your mind oh when you God. just pissed all over their bed. Obviously, he just, you know, was just too far gone. Yeah. I think it did happen to a member of my family. I'm not going to name any names or even say the relation, but uh, this guy uh, came home after a, a night out. Uh, he was a bit tipsy, and he went upstairs, and his wife's asleep in bed, and instead of... Uh, Going into the the new ensuite that they'd recently had installed uh, and having a wee, he actually opened up her wardrobe <laughs> with all her clothes in and pissed <laughs> on all of her clothes. <laughs> uh, yeah, that didn't go down well. Blossom well. has a Blossom has, Blossom's got a similar story where uh, one of her friends was absolutely wasted around her house. And uh, she walked into Blossom's wardrobe to do a number two rather than a number one. Oh my god! Oh, and did she go through with it? She did yeah, it. After I have to ask her. Yeah, she did it. Yeah, she oh. did it on on, oh. the, on the floor of her wardrobe. Oh. You need to ask her about this next time you see her, oh. which will be next god. week. I don't know about that. I mean, I've got so much stuff on the floor of my wardrobes. I'd be hard pushed to do it. I'd be halfway at one of my shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. We go hard here on the East Coast, boys. <laughs> right. God, yeah. Guys, guys, off off the pissing and pooping talk. I was oh. sitting this evening with Daisy on on a wind down uh, after like having tea and what have you, watching uh, some YouTube videos, catching up with the ninja kids on YouTube. And an advert comes on. And it's not what like a toy advert or uh, like a BBC Radio 1 advert or something like that. It was an advert for the weirdest charity I have ever heard of. I didn't know it existed until today, and I'm sure there is a good reason for it. It was a charity asking for donations for injured jockeys. It was an advert for a charity oh. called the Injured Jockeys Fund. Something I have never heard of, didn't know there was a need for, didn't know it was it was something that a charity should be formed to contribute to, but these injured jockeys, <laughs> they were showing them like, like you know the Make a Wish Foundation where they're like I'm trying, a, I'm really kid, trying not to laugh. A kid is like really poorly and goes, oh, I want I want to do something really cool. Like I want to go white water rafting or something before I potentially die. Can you do that? 
and it showed footage of like jockeys being like lowered into a canoe and going for a canoe on a lake and doing <laughs> stuff like God. that. And it was just so bizarre to me that it's very niche. Exactly, exactly. It's a, a very niche yeah, charity very that niche. you think would be pushing a sketchy plastic bag asking for clothes through your letterbox. Not producing a really high production commercial and advertising it across the internet. But it just felt say, so bizarre that they they were looking at raising money and filming it in such a way that the jockeys were like... It was like the donkey sanctuary, but for jockeys <laughs> instead of donkeys. I... I... Okay, two things. The first thing is a joke, which I, I sorry, I can't. The way you said that, then just there are certain things that people say to you that if you read them on a piece of paper, it's not funny. But when you say it out loud, for some reason, it's just funny. That this is one of those things. So I was gonna say, you could also do like a claims thing. I was actually given <laughs> the wrong type of horse. <laughs> I was actually sent on a national on a pit pony. <laughs> its yeah. legs were not adequate for the jumps. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I just foreseeing a bunch of jockeys like looking sad, turning towards the camera, yeah, with like a dishevelled face, yeah, like those late night, sad, it's like piano those music advert, in the yeah, the adverts you get at one o'clock in the morning that you can, oh, what's this? Right, I'm, I've currently so, got their website up, and <laughs> there is like, you know, how on some websites, Web 2.0, you get the pictures and they, they scroll through. We've got uh, one of a jockey getting trampled by horses. <laughs> One of a jockey, like, plummeting off the side of a horse. One of a jockey being carried off by St. John's Ambulance. One of a jockey just, like, the back of him, and he's looking really... He's looking down and sad, and he's covered in mud. Then there's, like, a group photo of jockeys where in a stable. Like, some are in wheelchairs, some are on crutches. I can't describe this without laughing. And it's not a funny thing. It is sad that these people are really terribly injured in their line of work, and this is all set up for like rehab for them and like mental health support and all this stuff, which is is really important. But the logo of the injured jockeys fund. <laughs> it's, it's a jockey hitting the ground oh after falling off a horse. It's an upside down it's an jockey. Upside down jockey <laughs> about to like break his yeah. legs. I can't deal with it. <laughs> Fucking hell, that website! Oh my god, that website! While Adam, while Adam quietly laughs himself to death in the corner. My second Bye, point. Adam. My second point was. It does make sense that there is a thing for this. It does make sense because. It is a super dangerous job, especially if you're a jump jockey. Yeah. Because yeah. those fucking oh, jumps yeah. are massive. I've been to Aintree where mm-hmm. the Grand National is. Those jumps are huge. You have <laughs> you cannot imagine how big they are. And obviously when they fall off, they could get trampled by a horse. Exactly. It's amazing. I am stunned more jockeys don't die when they fall off a horse. Mm. Well, apparently this so, is why it was set up though, was because there was that huge incident in the Grand National. Like, in the 80s, I think. Yeah, yeah, I know which one you mean. And it was set up as a result of that, because so many jockeys did get injured or killed. And they do do some really good stuff. Like, they do financial support, they deal with mental health, they deal with medical support and things like that. And it's a really good thing. It just blew me away that there was this very niche, very unknown of charity that I didn't think would ever need to exist, because I've never thought about jockeys to any degree in my whole life. But the logo... (laughs) The logo is an upside-down jockey. They need to change that. They need to take the photos of the the jockeys being trampled off the front of the website. No, they need to really like bring home the seriousness of the situation. <laughs> but then they shouldn't have like photos of jockeys like not falling off. Like they've got photos of just people riding horses. A jockey looking really happy because he's just won a race. 
that shouldn't be what it's for. It's supposed to be for injured jockeys, not jockeys who have done really well. It's the jockeys who are bad and they've fallen off their horse. Well, not not bad, but something's happened where they've fallen off their horse. All sports, though, need a charitable fund, don't they, for participants mm, who get yeah. injured. You, All yeah. of them need it because at some point you are not going to be able to, for whatever reason, do your job anymore. Be it fucking cricket, tennis, fucking being a jockey, whatever. If you're a professional sportsman and you can't do your job anymore, there is a massive, I guess, mental health issue more than anything else. Yeah. Because that's what you've dedicated your life to, is to, right, well, I'm, I'm going to be a jockey or I'm going to play tennis or I'm going to play golf or something. If you can't do that anymore, it must be really, really horrible to not be able to do it. Yeah. So it, like we said, it's a, it's a great thing that we're doing, but as you've mentioned, it's so niche and so... You normally you're so used to seeing charities for help older people, help abused children, help these poor dogs, help these other exactly. animals and things like that. To just get, you know, if I was flicking on YouTube and I suddenly saw like you know, kabaddiinjuries.net or something <laughs> needs your help, can you send over you know all this money for these poor injured kabaddi players who can no longer play kabaddi? I'd be <laughs> fucking stunned and I would laugh. Yeah, but. It makes sense. I, I agree with you, but it, I agree with you. There is something about it, and that low, they have to change that. They logo. have to because imagine like the NFL players. Logo. They've got a, a charity that supports NFL players, and their logo is an NFL player receiving a concussion, <laughs> like a life-ending yeah, exactly. concussion, for example. Yeah, or like or like an animal charity for injured racehorses, and it's just a horse with its leg midway through being broken. It's 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 such a bad design choice. There should just be the letters IJF or something. You don't need a picture. Yeah, just IJF, the injured jockey fund. That's it. That's all you need. Because just give me the just give me the letters for it, it. It's it's circular and it's got the writing around it. Like if you listen to this, look it up. Look up the injured jockeys fund. Donate money to them if you can, because they are a, a well deserving charity. But look at the logo. <laughs> look how much it looks like a scout badge. Study like the logo. It, it's for a particular <laughs> scout, and their aim in life is to knock a jockey off a horse. That's the scout achievement you need for this badge. <laughs> for fuck's sake! <laughs> the thing I'm, the thing I'm considering is if this come up on like as a YouTube advert, they're really targeted. So I want to know what videos you and Daisy are watching to get this. Uh, to make the algorithm trigger that you want to know about... Um, this is it. We're on, like, a kid's yeah. channel on YouTube, so all mm. of the adverts should be suitable for children. So, yeah, they will have, like, charitable things and, like, adverts for YouTube music and stuff like that. Uh, but we don't look up horses. We don't look up jockeys. I, if there was, like, a Peppa Pig-related charity, then, yeah... Or if it was one about, like, American children being exploited by their parents to open up, like, tiny LOL dolls on camera, then, yeah, we would expect that. But not jockeys. It's very strange. Adam and Daisy are too busy watching um, horse racing fails of an evening, and that's yeah. why. That's <laughs> that can be it. She's just got a real penchant. Race, horse racing yeah, she's just got a real penchant <laughs> for looking at jockeys fall off horses. And this is their way of going, no, right? You, you've, you've, <laughs> Make yeah, you feel you've, bad. you've watched what happens. Now, the, now you've got to deal with the after effects. You've got to help us out. You've seen the before. Now deal with the after. Reap what you have to sown, tiny child. <laughs> to be fair, think about this, right? It's a great way for. I guess mostly little girls, but some little boys, to stop badgering their parents for a horse. <laughs> you want to get a horse, do you? Look what can happen. It's going to kill you. <laughs> Look what that horse might kill you. It will probably trample you to death. And then I've got to give money to the IJF. Yeah. Don't look at the logo. Just go with the letters. You know, <laughs> it's a good way to put those kids off. Uh, right. <laughs> Don't think about it too much. If, if yeah. they're listening, I, I will set up a, a charity event for you, but you've really got to consider changing that logo before I do. <laughs> I would be happy to like how... do something to raise money for the IJF. You're essentially blackmailing this charity. <laughs> no, I'm not 
Plamelin. I'm saying they literally need to change their logo because it is bad marketing. If I was an injured jockey, I would not want to watch a like receive charitable help from someone who's got a t-shirt with an upside down jockey and like embroidered into it. I wouldn't want that. If that's the letter-headed paper when they get a letter, they just start having flashbacks, wouldn't exactly. they? Exactly. Like, how is that they helping their, their mental well-being if it's making them flashbacks to the traumatic event? Jesus Christ. Just a guy I... spiking, spiking himself on his head as a watermark on a big, uh, on a massive document. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. It always makes me like I was just going to say quickly about charity. This just popped into my head, but... Whenever they have, you know, the ITV game show, The Chase, where yeah. you have like the chasers and, you know, the mm-hmm. really smart person who's the cha- the um, the person they're chasing. I'm oh, sorry, no, they're the chaser, aren't they? And whenever they do the charity version, essentially the charity version of that game show is the chaser is trying to stop money going to charity. Exactly. Yeah. I always found that so bizarre. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't get the premise. <laughs> I get it they like to do these things for charity and any money for charity is good. I get that. But the whole premise of it just seems out of whack to me. I'm not sure why they're doing that. What they need is someone who absolutely has nothing to do with whatever the charity is raising money for. Like if they're raising money for sick children, it's someone who never wanted a child and (laughs) thinks like... Like hates children. Yeah, basically. You do get those people, don't you, who are like, "Oh yeah, "I I hate my parents because they brought me into this world without my permission and i am really against anyone being born into this world <laughs> so have yeah, them on sure. the chase preventing money being raised for children in need <laughs> so they can be <laughs> the person exactly they want to stop that money exactly i want the money not those pesky dumb starving kids screw those kids exactly and if my they really money. want to make it worse have have two people raising money for charity competing against each other so the chaser is also trying to raise money for uh sorry the the person trying to prevent the chase i, I don't watch a show i don't know how it works but the boffin <laughs> they are also trying to raise money for charity so however much out of the fund that that person loses they earn for their charity that would make it much that's more a good exciting. idea that's a good idea because then you've got two charities well, like that. that benefit then we're just making then we're just making charities fight, basically. <laughs> oh, they, God. they are doing that themselves at the end at the end of the day. They're fighting for your attention and for your donors. Yeah, but if, you, if true, you can imagine representatives from each charity coming on to a game show. Like, for example, you've got the people from the Donkey Sanctuary and people from the Injured Jockeys Fund coming in. <laughs> That that's not going to go they down hate well, <laughs> is it? Because they remind them too much of horses. Yeah. They hate them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, something completely out of left field here. As I um, try to get this goddamn show back on the rails. <laughs> sort of. Yeah, I was. I cannot remember where I heard this the other day, but someone was talking to me about. We've mentioned this plenty of times, but how kids have way more than we did, and how the mm-hmm. basically with your friends when you were younger, you would make up games. You would make up rules to lots of games. You might get a board game and then you would play the board game and after three months or something, you'd get bored of it. But you would have the pieces there and the board. So you just make up your own house rules. So me and my cousin did this with Mousetrap. He had a copy of Mousetrap. So we'd play Mousetrap for the first three months and then afterwards we devised a different set of rules with different with the pieces, but... We tried to lay them out in a different way or we did something with it where the game yeah. we were playing at that point wasn't the same game. So my kind of thing was, do you think that kids' imagination has been stifled by the fact that they don't have to think of things themselves or because they're now so accessible to so much more information do you think it's expanded their imagination? I'd say it's been long enough like now and like technology is so prevalent now that anything that we possibly could have thought of as kids, like say say your, your guys' um, weird way of playing mousetrap, they do things differently. Like someone's already done it and I'm sure it's out on the internet for kids to copy. Like I don't think there's any like original ideas left. It's the same with like um, films and TV shows. There's nothing original anymore. 
and that, that I think that transcends into kids' imaginations. I don't think there's like any new ground to break. I hope I'm wrong, but that's the way it seems from an outside perspective. Oh man, I I think there really is. You've only got to look at some like TikTok to see how imaginative people can be. And like how kids can be as well, because obviously there's a huge child audience on TikTok and like child demographic, and just all the stuff that they come up with, all the dance moves, all of like the jokes and humor that they've come up with, uh, and all the memes is it's just a different type of imagination. Kids don't need to come up with a new way of playing a board game because they have other things that they can do. But if you go on something like Roblox, or if you go some something like Fortnite, where the kids are allowed all the tools to use their imagination in a creative way, or Minecraft, for example, you will see a huge range of different stuff. It's just they've got better tools to express that in than we ever had. I was talking to Blossom the other day, and I was thinking, like... Um, I remember when I was working in, in the restaurant biz back in the day, like I, I did like um, some, I worked at the kids party or I worked like a birthday party where kids were there. And I imagine, I remember like seeing like the groups of girls that were there, like coming up with like dance routines. And I said to Blossom, I hope that's something that Freya does. Yeah. Like she just like, like her and her friends get together. Blossom said she saw some girls who live on the road near us, like in the alleyway, like all like <laughs> huddled together, like trying to come up with a dance routine. And I was hope, um, and I hope that's something that Freya does because I think that's cute. But I'm not holding my breath because, like, I'm an adult and I tried playing Minecraft and I can forget think of anything creative to do. I just like dug straight down until like I couldn't go down anymore. I was like, well, that's the game done for me. <laughs> Jesus, you're not helping either point though, Benny, because that means that you've got no sort of creativity in your brain, and you were one of those young children twenty years ago. So maybe the maybe that's yeah, maybe that proves the point. The kids now are no more imaginative. Dance to me, that's why. Yeah, your patient zero, Benny. <laughs> the unimaginative, <laughs> unimaginative patient zero. I, I don't want to have an imagination. I want to lay in bed and watch Trumpton. <laughs> yeah, that's fa- yeah, fair. Yeah, I guess you make you make a good point, Adam. They have. I wasn't sure where I kind of went with it. I was just thinking about, I guess I was thinking about kids playing outside and stuff. Is it kids will always have an imagination? I just wondered of that kind of, you know, when kids do that, oh, I'm bored, I've got nothing to do. And then we've all, oh, well, and Benny will at some point, you'll just say, you have so much that you can do. There's so much that you can do. You've got too much choice. I know we've mentioned this kind of thing before, but I wondered if that was something that sort of because they've got so much, there is that lack of kind of, okay, well, I'll make my own fun then. Instead of thinking, well, I need somebody to give me the fun. What's the fun thing I can do? You need to tell me or somebody needs to give it to me. Rather than thinking, well, I can't sit here for the next eight hours and do nothing. I'd better make something up, kind of thing. Yeah. It's a difficult one. But, I mean, I th- I think kids can have that, certainly. Like, especially if they're playing outside, like, with a group of friends. Like, the kids near, near me, they set up a, a shop uh, outside the like the little pathway on on the main road, and they were just selling old toys that they didn't want. They made all their own signs. They've made like a little table to put stuff on, uh, and things like that. And it ran it as a little shop. Uh, I immediately called the council on them because obviously they didn't have a peddler's license <laughs> or anything. No, I of didn't. course. But, yeah, but got, actually, got like clean. I as I drove past them in the car to go somewhere, I like looked at them and thought. Oh man, good on you, kids. That's a really good idea. But they've done stuff like that before, where at one point my my lad was playing with them, and they found some snails, uh, uh, and uh, snail shells, I should say, underneath the the hedge at the front of our house. And that's because loads of little birds live in there. They catch the snails, they eat them. The shells are on the floor. So they set up like their own injured jockeys fund. It was Save the Snails. <laughs> and they, they made a logo and they made like leaflets that they posted through the, the like neighbors' houses uh, that just said Save the Snails. <laughs> and that was it. It was just Save the Snails on a bit of paper and like posted it through. They set up like a little shop again where they were selling drinks from it. Like they borrowed some squash from them, their mum, and were making 
uh, drinks of squash that people could buy for 10 pence, and all that money was going to go towards saving the snails somehow. But that's fantastic. And these are kids who have all that ready access to uh, the internet and tablets and footballs and Nerf guns and bikes and hoverboards and all this kind of stuff. They wanted to play Save the Snail. They wanted to make a charity. Uh, And I thought that's fantastic. That was brilliant imagination. I would have never thought to do something like that that. as a kid. It's always far too selfish. (laughs) (laughs) I was helping the birds by picking the snails up and like going, Hey, crows, (laughs) come get this. Like the uh, like the bird lady in Home Alone too. You just covered in snails, <laughs> waiting for the birds to come and get them off you. Just throwing <laughs> snails into trees. Just eat them, <laughs> eat them all. Save the birds. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Just a, that was just a, a quick wonderment, Benny. We do need a uh, the Freya update if you have one. I I have. It's it's not so much of a Freya update. It's a a future Freya issue that I'm considering coming into. And that's one of the things I want to ask you boys on the podcast with a good 10 minutes to go. First here, people, Adam had to rush out to do some dadding. So for the last actual dadding, so for the last five minutes, it's me and Benny. And I'll do my best to answer Benny's question. Please continue, Benny. Go on, mate. Sorry, I'll take it from the top. Um, Okay, mate. So Freya is turning the big six months next a week tomorrow. Um, I don't know where that fucking time's gone. It's going too quickly. Please return to being a tiny yeah. little seven-pound baby, Freya. Um, the plan always was, when Freya turns the big six months, that we're going to start putting her in her own room. Um, her room's all made up. She's got she's had a crib in there for a couple of months that like we put her in like when we're getting changed or... Um, it's got a mobile in it, so if she's just kicking off, sometimes we'll put the mobile on that like that calms her down. Um, but I am like incredibly nervous about not not so much leaving her on her own. That's fine. Like I, I'm sure she can sleep perfectly fine. But it's just like whether she will, ha- how she will get used to it. Like I'm not I'm not worried about leaving her on her own. She's not gonna choke on the mattress. We're gonna be careful. You know what I mean? Like there's no risk of imminent death. I'm just more worried about the risk of not being able to sleep and knowing that we're not there. Um, so I was going to ask the two of you, although I'll just ask yourself now, like, how did it go for you um, moving Georgia into her own room? How, when did you do it? And did you have any uh, ticks or tips or tricks to do to get her in there and get her sleeping with a good schedule? So we did, and again, everyone's different. It sounds like, as you mentioned before, the Freya is a good sleeper. So you've, that's is, kind of, yeah. that is a good thing because obviously... If your kid's a crazy light sleeper, it must be hell. I can't, luckily, Georgia was never that. And you've mentioned that the Freya isn't that, so that's fine. But there was a few things we did. The first one was was that we packed, I've mentioned this before, I think we packed the sides of her cot. So it was basically, so she was basically not squashed in, but she couldn't really roll anywhere. She couldn't, it was still, it was still kind of like her Moses basket where she was still mm-hmm. enclosed, nice and covered up. I mentioned that my friend Rick told me that he got two pillows and basically trussed them up like a Christmas ham, and he like basically <laughs> roped them up, and then so they wouldn't so like they wouldn't flop open or because my my big concern was was and because cot death is a massive it, it's a thing it is a thing, yes. and the concern is always obviously when they're young, if something falls on their face, their lungs aren't strong enough to carry on yeah. breathing even though they've got something on their face, so. That was my concern for the longest time. I think we probably did it about seven and a half, eight months. I think we left it a little bit later because Georgia wasn't really that big of a baby. She wasn't massive. She she was quite big when she was born, but she wasn't huge. So she still was comfortable in a Moses basket. So we just let her sleep in there until it was kind of like, yeah, she's getting a bit too big for it now. So that'll do. Um, There's no issue having a, a set date and thinking, yeah, this is a good time to do it. If she doesn't seem ready to do it, I personally wouldn't fight it like crazy. If she sleeps well in her Moses basket or wherever, you know, wherever she sleeps now, I yeah. would do that until you felt like, okay, she's either too big for it or she's kind of uncomfortable now because she can't move around a little bit. She still might need a little bit of space to move around. And then I would then move her into the thing. However, 
I've mentioned this plenty of times. When we first put her into a new bed when she was younger or into a cot when she was younger, we decided to do it. There was still that kind of she might not want to go to sleep, but just keeping mm. we just kept in the routine. It was seven o'clock every night, have your feed, down you go. And then mm. we would then sometimes let her cry out for sort of five, ten minutes. Because yeah. we didn't want it because again, it's kind of I've mentioned before, but working with uh, when I work with district nurses and stuff like that, like kids can have separation anxiety at six months. It's a real thing. It's not, yeah. you know, they don't have to be two or three years old anymore to know what's going on. So, but then there is that kind of, okay. And then I would I'd go back into the room, just give her a quick cuddle. Like, it's okay, I'm here. Like, she can see me. She can kind of, you know, hold a hand or that kind of thing. And then I would walk out the room again. Uh, definitely get really good blackout blinds for the room. It's a good idea to do it now, but obviously when it gets to the, you know, when it gets to the summertime. So we never kind of set hard and fast dates for things. I know. I mean, if again, that's how you want to do it. That's your choice. That's totally cool. We Mm -hmm. just never did that. We just kind of played it more by ear that we just thought, well, we don't want to put too much pressure on ourselves And, and be prepared that she might go back to being restless for a bit and that's a hard mm. thing because obviously you get into a sleep pattern and when they're young there's loads of patterns there's loads of little routines and right now you're in a good routine aren't you so you've got like you yeah. blossom have got your feeds down and all that kind of thing so well, yeah, my, my plan my plan was to like continue as is it's just that instead of putting her in the crib in our bedroom put her in the crib in the other room so like i do uh her last feed at about half ten which knocks her out for the night, essentially, and that gives me like my my hour to be on my own and do my own thing, and then go upstairs about half eleven, put her own, put her in her own crib, and then leave her for the night. The only issue is now with her at the next to me crib that she's in now is that I feel like because she's getting more alert, and more aware of her surroundings, and this probably sounds like really like self centered to me. But I feel like my snoring is starting to disturb her sleep. Like she's waking up like in the night earlier, and I'm, like it's probably me being paranoid. But I'm worried that it's me that's doing it. I feel like really bad for her. Well, then that's that's probably and a good me. thing. And then. for me, because once she's up, she's up. Yeah. And then if, I've if, got you, if you it. if you feel like it's the right time, then it's the right time. There's no yeah. there's no set thing on when's the right time to do it. If you feel now is the right time, then now is the right time. But mm. I know all you're basically doing is sort of you know you're not changing anything massive but it is a change yeah, so of you know it could be anything i mean it could it could be something that if she cries or something the acoustics are different so it kind of makes her head feel different or she's like oh god what's this new noise i don't know what that is kind of thing or it could be something crazy you don't know there could be a light that comes on in the room or something you know from a passing car or a, or a street light or something that you weren't aware of because <clears throat> you don't really go in there that much so I would say that's the only thing. Just be prepared to be kind of having to get used to a little bit of a new routine. Not crazy massive. Yeah. You know, like you say, mm-hmm. if you, as long as you keep doing everything the same way, you'll be fine. But yeah, we did it around seven and a half, eight months. Like I said, made sure so the, the sides were kind of trussed up a bit so she couldn't roll around too much, but yeah. she still had a bit of room. And yeah, if I just... I don't know. I I was like I said, my my concern was what I mentioned. That was it. So there were a couple of times when I would kind of sort of two or three nights where a week where I would sneak into a room sort of five times and just check she was still breathing because because I, <laughs> I just freaked out. I was like I was Get kind of nervous out. like that. But yeah, Get the mirror if, under her nose again. Yeah, if if you feel if you feel now's the right time, then then do it, mate. You you know you know better than anyone else. You're her parents. <laughs> So I want to try it. I'm worried that it's like a selfish thing, but I think she's ready. I'm not sure if Blossom feels the same way, but like I, I just, I just want to like plop her in there and see how she gets on. Let her fend for herself for a night. Yeah, you'll you'll know as well because if she has, she's got the Cecil army and you and the sheep by her side, she can't fail. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And you'll you'll know as well if she has two nights that are absolutely horrendous, then don't do it. Because you know, yeah, yeah, it's not ready. Yeah. If 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 the first night's horrendous, I wouldn't be surprised. If the second night's bad but better than the first, carry on then because it means she's getting she's at least getting used to it. 
Yeah. Whereas if it's just two or three nights and it's horrific, just forget it. There's no point fighting it. You know, maybe give it another month and a half or because in another month and a half or two months, she'll be even, you know, more advanced than she is now. Even though it's only like yeah. six months to eight months, it'll be crazy how far we've gone even further she is then. So I think uh, I, I would say that. But again, mate, you'll know better than anyone else. You're right. You're right. Are you excited to see Freya on her day after six month birthday? Of course, mate. I can't wait to see her. It's going to be so. Let's I go. Can't... I know Georgia can't wait to see you. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Is she bringing think... her trumpet? No, she's not bringing the trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> it's only time we're going to get some peace and quiet from the bloody thing <laughs> alright there we go thank you everybody for listening this week Benny anything else from you mate um, Buccaneers are playing tonight go Bucks let's go 5-1 against the stinky Eagles Ugh. Ugh, yeah god they stink alright oh, what a sour note to end on thinking of the Eagles but there we go take care everybody we'll Blair. talk to you next week Ugh, Eagles bye bye